Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash check the locks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks Podcast. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying true crime case. Before we begin, Olivia, we're in the middle of a marathon recording session. How you doing? Hanging in there. You got dogs going to the bathroom in your house. Everything is broken. Things are flying off the rails. Are you doing okay? I'm <laughs> hanging in there. I just had to punish my child. Which is probably why I don't have real children. Because I feel bad punishing her. But she shouldn't have done what she just did. Hey, I get it. When Millie poops it's, on the floor, I'm like, what is happening? So <laughs> It's like she knows I'm leaving her. It's her rebellion. Yeah, I'm sure she just wants a little bit of attention or something like that. That's her way to be like, look at me. Look at me. Yeah, no, not cool. Little dogs that poop in the houses don't get to stay in the house. You're an outside dog now. <laughs> yeah. Well, outside of the animal feces, what are we going to be talking about this week? It is your episode. I'm super excited to dive into what you brought. I took a peek at your notes. Gotta say, it's a heavy hitter. I'm glad that we're talking about it, but why don't you fill us in a little bit about what we're going to be talking about? Yeah, we're going to talk about a little teenage trouble this week. All right. Yeah, when I was looking at your notes, and I don't know, I might talk about it a little bit later, but it definitely called back to like the Michigan Thrill Kill episode, like the Scream Killer episode. It had that kind of element to it, and so I'm always super excited to talk about these kind of cases they just intrigue me for some reason so i don't know what do you say should we just jump on into it yeah let's just dive right in awesome on wednesday september 18th 2012 judy offit's mother was supposed to meet at her home in sheboygan falls wisconsin when she did not show up to judy's house as planned she set out to her mother's home 
Judy tried calling her mother multiple times in the morning but got no response. She lived just a few miles away from her mother, Barbara Olson, in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Now, Sheboygan is a small town located just west of Lake Michigan. Its population was a little over 8,000 people back in 2020. It was a quiet, historic town that embraced economic growth while maintaining its culture. Bemis Manufacturing Company, which is actually the largest toilet seat manufacturer, and Johnsonville Sausage are both located near Sheboygan. Just as a little fun fact. I love that because in Traverse City, they have a factory that makes most of the country's manhole covers. So if you look at a lot of them, you'll see like Traverse City, Michigan on it. So it's like those weird things where you're like, yeah, yeah, that's my town, baby. Like I I make sewer covers. So (laughs) if your butt's been on a toilet seat, it's from my hometown. Right. Now, when Judy arrived at her mother's home, she initially looked into the garage window, seeing that her car was gone. She was able to open the garage door, planning to go search Barbara's house, but instead found her laying in a pool of blood with a blanket over her head. Judy immediately ran to the neighbor's house and called 911. In the call, Judy sounded in shock, telling dispatch that her mother's head was covered with a blanket and she was too frightened to look underneath to see if she was breathing. Once the scene was clear, detectives began their investigation. Barbara's body was found supine, barefoot, with a black plastic bag over her head, secured with a black belt. Her arms and legs appeared severely beaten. There was a trail of blood leading detectives from Barbara's body in the garage through the doorway to the inside of her house. This suggested that whatever happened to Barbara happened inside her home. When detectives removed the bag from Barbara's head, it was a gruesome sight. Her head had been so badly beaten that portions of her skull were gone and her face was nearly unrecognizable. Police were not sure who would have wanted to kill Barbara. So kind of what are you thinking right now, John? It's just so brutal for it being like an old woman, you know, and when you talk about like her face was beaten so bad that part of her skull was missing. And, you know, I just can't imagine like I love my mom to death, you know, in a lot of ways. She's one of my best friends. And I can't imagine like coming over to visit and stumbling into that. You know what I mean? It's just heartbreaking to think. So I'm interested to know more about Barbara and hopefully maybe we can pinpoint down like who would have wanted to do something like this to her because it just it seems out of completely out of left field in a small town. Now, Barbara Olson was a 78-year-old grandmother and a great-grandmother. She was an avid gardener who loved her family. She was a volunteer driver for the elderly in her community in Sheboygan Falls. Barbara was described as being peaceful and positive. Her family told police that they had no clue who would want to harm her, as she did not have many enemies. Now, the autopsy results showed that 78-year-old Barbara Olson had been struck with a hard object 27 times and 18 of those blows being to the head. But who would want to kill such a selfless woman? Detectives searched through Olson's car, finding various odd items, first being strange that the keys were in her car. There was jewelry scattered, and inside the trunk was a hatchet, a hammer, and a bloody cloth. Police also found schoolwork with the name Nate written on it. Meanwhile, police searched around the small historical town. They looked at surveillance footage from some of the local businesses to try to find clues. Police questioned family about who Nate could be, and they learned that Barbara Olson's great-grandson, Antonio Barbo, had a friend named Nathan Pop. Hours after Olson's body was found, police paid a visit to Nathan Pop's house. They asked if he knew Antonio Barbo and when the last time it was that he saw him. Nathan told police he saw him just yesterday down the corner near his house. He told detectives that Antonio had run away from home after school on Friday, September 13th. Barbo had apparently been living in a care shelter. Pop told police he saw Antonio every day since Friday. 
When asked if he and Antonio did anything against the law since Friday, he replied no. Detectives continued to talk to Nathan, telling him that he needed to start thinking about himself. It was then that Nathan asked for a piece of paper, on which he wrote down, quote, he killed his grandmother and I was with him. Nathan was then read his Miranda rights and started to answer questions truthfully. He told police that Monday after school, Antonio told him that he knew how they could get money. He could kill his grandma. Nathan claimed he thought it was a joke. He then told police that he asked his mom to drive him and Antonio to Sheboygan Falls to meet up with friends. He said that the boys went to Olson's house. When they arrived, the garage door was open. Antonio initially put a plastic bag over his head but couldn't see through it. When Olson opened the door, she asked if it was Antonio, and he said no. Nathan was hiding behind the door. She told the boys to come inside and she would call Antonio's mom. And it was then that Antonio first hit Olson. Now, just two days after Olson's body was found, detectives brought in 13-year-old Barbo for questioning. He told police basically he ran away from home and had been staying over at Nathan's. When detectives asked Antonio if he knew what happened to his great-grandmother, he denied knowing any details. He told police that he last saw her over a month ago. He could not recall when it was, but knew it was a long time ago. Police told Antonio that they had been talking to people about what happened. When he asked if he was at his great-grandmother's house, he told police, no, I didn't have a reason to be there. They asked multiple questions about stealing a car, if Nathan had ever been in his great-grandma's house, or if he'd ever been in her car. He told police that Nathan probably had been there more than a month ago. His interrogation continued for quite some time. Detectives continued asking questions about when he went out to eat last and what kind of clothes he was wearing when he came to the station. Detectives then asked Antonio if they could test his clothes for blood and look at his shoes. He agreed. Police told Antonio they knew he was lying. When detectives gave him the opportunity to tell the truth, he began answering questions. He told police that he and Nathan discussed killing his great-grandmother for money. When his grandmother threatened to call his mother, Antonio began to attack her with the hatchet he brought with him. He told police he went there only for money. He initially hit her in the house, and he told police that it was because Olson knew it was him. Antonio said he hit her like two to three times. Once they realized Olsen was dead, they tried to carry her to put her in the trunk of her car in hopes to make it look as if someone else murdered her. Unfortunately, they could not lift her lifeless body and they left her in the garage where they covered her head with a plastic bag. Antonio and Nathan stole Olsen's car and took her purse with $150 in it. They were seen on surveillance footage at a local pizza shop on September 19th around 2.30 p.m eating pizza as if they did not just brutally attack Antonio's great-grandmother, Barbara Olson. They later returned to the car and wiped down the interior. In the trunk, the pair left the hatchet, hammer, and a bloody cloth. Both boys were arrested and charged with first-degree intentional homicide after their confessions to the murder of Barbara Olson. The boys were both tried as adults. In January 2013, Antonio Barbo entered a plea of no contest by mental disease or defect. The defense claimed his behavior had changed after he had suffered a brain injury when he was younger. Antonio had been struck by a car while riding his bike in the fifth grade, leaving him with some cognitive impairment. Both of the boys testified against each other. Nathan's defense claimed he was afraid of what Antonio may do if he did not help kill his grandmother. However, the prosecution claimed he was never threatened by Antonio. The jury only took one hour to get their verdict of guilty. Nathan Pop was found guilty of first-degree intentional homicide. He was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 35 years, and he's eligible for parole in December of 2043 when he's 45 years old. As for Antonio Barbo, he took a plea deal and pled no contest to the first-degree intentional homicide of his great-grandmother, Barbara Olson. 
He too was sentenced to life in prison and is eligible for parole in 2048. So that's it, John. This one's a little bit shorter, but what'd you think? Man, it's heavy. There was so much about this, especially when you got into the trial piece that reminded me of the Michigan thrill kill. You know, it's two teenagers. They commit this heinous murder. And then one of them is like, yeah, well, I felt like, you know, he was joking. And then if I didn't help that he would hurt me. And so there's a lot of similarities there. I, again, I just feel bad for Barbara Olson and her daughter. And, you know, it's just sad that not just a person, but your grandson could come into your home and just be so brutally violent with you. You know, it's just a sad story all the way around. Judy lost her mother and I don't know. And it's all for, you know, 150 bucks just to go eat pizza. It's just sad. Yeah, when you watch their um, and listen to their interrogations and their questioning, Nathan was very soft-spoken. You could tell he was upset. You couldn't actually see his face in the audio that I listened to. And just so remorseful and crying. His mother was sitting in the room as the detective was interviewing him. And basically, he wrote down what they did because he didn't want to say it in front of his mother because it was that bad. And the other thing is that when Antonio is being questioned, he is just like so nonchalant, just kind of sitting there like his first question was, I'm just wondering like how much time I'm looking at. Like that was his question. He never once in the interview asked how his great grandma was. It was like he knew that she was dead um, and he was just not remorseful at all. And he had had other run-ins with the law where they had stolen a car before and driven it around and just kind of he was kind of like a troublemaker in a sense. Yeah, and I think there's some people that are just wired like that. Like, I don't know if that would have potentially been caused by getting into a bike accident. I mean, I have a good friend who was in a bike accident in Chicago. He was hit by a car while riding his bike and he had a helmet on, but he still, the way that he landed, like the helmet went up and he still landed on the front of his face. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of aspects of his personality changed for a while. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know it does change that, but it's like, I don't know, you know, it's a hard defense for me to buy. I don't know how legit it is. You know what I mean? It's just at the end of the day, even if that is the case, it just makes things even sadder that fifth grade kid gets hit by a bike. His brain gets some kind of damage to it that causes him to turn into this like non-empathetic little monster running around. You know what I mean? It's just sad on all levels. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that I actually buy into. You know, I think that he probably is a troubled kid at baseline. There were talks of like his mom was a single mom and actually this great grandma, Barbara Olson, actually helped her keep an eye on him when he was younger. And it was just talking about the love that the family had. And they were just so shocked that he would kill her just for money and then just lie about it and then bring his friend involved in it. But I just, you know, it's just two young children whose lives are lost because they did something so senseless. But they kept trying to tell detectives like, oh, yeah, we just hit her a time or two. Like it was no big deal. And then autopsy results were like, no, she was bludgeoned to death with this hammer and hatchet. Yeah. And it's just, you know, and I don't know if maybe some of that is in that moment. You know, I've never hurt somebody like that. So I don't know if in that moment you just like disconnect from reality and maybe in that moment you're like, oh, yeah, I think I, I mean, I only hit her like once or twice. And then, you know, you're actually just I mean, I don't know. It's just crazy. I I have such a hard time like imagining what it would be like to do something like that to a person. You know, it makes your stomach turn a little bit just thinking about it. I love my grandma, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about her. And I'm like, man, it's just it's heartbreaking. Well, John, let's jump into the deadbolt test. Where are you putting this one? This is going to be one for me. I was kind of thinking about it as we went through. For me, I'm putting this at a six because 
it's the idea of somebody that you love, somebody that you help raise, you change their diapers, you know, you did everything that you could to make sure that they have a good life. And my, and my grandmother was like that as well. You know, a lot of the opportunities that I have in my life, I wouldn't have had if my grandmother didn't help my parents out when I was younger. And so having this person who's just a champion for you, and then you can just walk in looking for money and senselessly take their life after they've tried to do so much like that is terrifying to me. So for the, I'll put that at a six. I, you know, I don't think there's anything I have to worry about ever happening to me, but it's just the idea of that family member kind of turning on you. Do you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. It just gets under my skin a little bit. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to put it at a five. I think that it's very unsettling that a 13 year old boy could just feel so much like desperation for money to literally torture and beat his great grandma to death. Like she was a, you know, a weaker link because she's older. But I just think that how could someone so young, one, come up with the idea to do that and two, con his friend into doing it and then do it to his family? Like he ruined his fam, like ruined the family. And there's quotes where his mom is saying, like, you know, she forgives him because not only did it kill his mom's grandma, but it's, you know, part of the family. That's your lineage. And they're not that old. So I don't know. I just feel like it's just two young vibes just lost over something so silly. Yeah. And the fact that he was only 13, that you know, these are such young kids. I think it really adds a level of horror to it that like just a kid that young would be capable of carrying out something so brutal and obviously not having any empathy not taking a moment to be like oh man like i did something really bad but it's like oh well how much time am i looking at you know what i mean so i don't know like that's the kind of thing that gets under my skin and and leaves me think it's like man my kid is perfect now but hopefully when she's 13 she's still got a good head on her shoulders and still (laughs) you know what i mean yeah you know what i mean because you don't know could be some kind of mental illness that's waiting to pop up or something like that. That's the stuff that scares me. So, yeah. Well, that's this week's episode. Well, it was a good one. Uh, like I said, I, I enjoyed it because it kind of tied back to some themes that we've hit before. So, you know, these are always the kind of cases that they leave you with a lot of questions. And sometimes that's fun to dive into and just kind of be like, how could something like this happen? Maybe fun's not the right word. Maybe interesting is more of the right word. But but that is where we fall on the dead bull test for this week's episode. Olivia's putting it at a five. I'm coming in at a six. But as always, we want to know, where does the murder of Barbara Olson fall on your dead bull test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. Find us on Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Come hang out with us. We would love to get to know you, get to interact with you. We're going to put a poll in the Facebook group about the word supine because I asked Olivia what that meant. She said, you're the only person who doesn't know that supine means to be laying on your back face up. Don't tell them the answers. Well, no, they can have the answer. I want to know oh. if they knew it. If if I am the only person who did not know what that word meant. <laughs> yes. Y'all all tell John that he is the only one that didn't know what supine means. Yes. So look out for that poll in the Facebook group because I have a feeling that I may be right. I'm hoping that I'm right. But Olivia, I don't know about you, but going through this episode, I took a real emotional beating. I'm going to definitely call my grandmother tomorrow and just be like, hey, love you. But I don't know about you. I need a palate cleanser. Do you have a review for us to read today? You know, honestly, John, I'm out of reviews on our Apple podcast reviews. So I need people to hop on over there and leave us a review. But I do have a review from Kim A from our website. And she said, I have been listening since the beginning. Love the relationship between John and Olivia. I would love to leave a voicemail for sweet Olivia, but I couldn't figure out how. 
oh well, this is my voicemail. Love you guys. So thank you, Kim. I will take it as an A for effort for trying to leave me a voicemail. It is much appreciated. But guys, y'all need to hop on over and leave us a review. I know it's, you know, kind of time consuming, but I need reviews so we can send y'all some cool stuff. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I can't believe, I mean, this is episode 55. So we've gone 55 full episodes without running out of reviews. So I'm like, why I want more reviews to come in because I love reading them. I'm also like kind of impressed. So thank you to everybody who has left us a review because I know when we first started, we're like, no one's going to listen to this. Nobody's going to review this. And we've gone. Right a pretty long time without having to worry about running out, but that time is now. So leave us reviews, please. But Kim, thank you for taking the time to head over to the website. Leave us that review. We definitely appreciate it. This totally counts as a voicemail. I heard your voice in my head when we were going through, we would love to send you some goodies. So again, Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. Find us on Twitter at Check the Locks. If you're in our Facebook group, reach out and let us know there. If you're not a social person, head over to the website, send us an email. We'd be happy to get you some stuff out. We got stickers, coasters, all sorts of stuff that we would love to send you. And Olivia, since we need more five-star reviews to read on the show, how can our listeners do that? Well, go over to our Apple Podcast app. Look for our show's homepage, scroll all the way down where you see all five stars, click all five stars, and just leave a little something. You can just say, hi, love you guys, the podcast is great. doesn't have to be anything long and drawn out. Just leave us a little review, and we'll read your review on the next episode. And I absolutely love that, right? It doesn't have to be a dissertation. Just let us know what you think. A couple lines is totally fine. We just want to hear from you. And I know we talk about this every week, but these reviews, they really do help us. They help us get into other shows' recommendations. They help new listeners find the show. We hope to be doing this for a very long time, and the way for us to be able to do that is to continue to grow the audience. So if you've left us a review, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We really do appreciate it. And if not, head over to Apple Podcasts. You can look in the show description of this episode for a link. It's a cheat code shortcut. We'll get you right there. And I would also say if you have left us a review on the website, we want to make sure that we're reading those as well because it still takes that same amount of time, right? And those reviews still help us when people find the website, find the show, they see what you're writing about it, and it definitely helps us. So if you've left us a review someplace that is not Apple Podcasts, we definitely want to make sure we're reading those. Please reach out and let us know so we can make sure we get those read as well. And as always, if you want to financially support Check the Locks, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks and sign up today. We got a lot of cool stuff, exclusive stickers, T-shirts, coffee mugs, all sorts of stuff just for being a patron. And you get the episodes a little bit early with no ads. So if you want to listen to the show the night before, skip all the Best Buy whoever commercials. That's a great way to do it. And most importantly, it helps us invest back into the show. So if you want to help us keep the lights on, you want to help support us, head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks, sign up today. And if you can't financially support the show, we definitely understand just listening every week and sharing the show with your friends and family helps just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're listening, you're sharing the show with your friends and family, you're sending out those links on the socials, just know we appreciate it more than we could ever tell you. Again, our goal is to grow the show, grow the family, get out in front of as many people as we can. So thank you so much for your support. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure you're subscribed to Check the Locks on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying true crime case, but until then, don't forget to check the locks. See you next week.